Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome. This is the Breaking Free Show, and my name is Marilyn Shannon, and I welcome you here today with open arms. I'm so glad you're here. We're going to have a wonderful show, as always. And just remember, you can always log into our chat, and we can take questions and comments there. So just underneath the video, just put your name, nickname, whatever you like, and we will know you're there. And you can always call in to 919-518-9773 anytime you want. If you have a comment, you have a question, want to make a statement, whatever it is, you can do that, or you can come in on Skype, and that would be Skype Voice. So you can come to computers, and that's plural, then the number 2K Voice, and you come in that way, and we, we want you any way you can come. And so let me just tell you, I'm going to say hello to Amnon, and while I'm doing that, go get a piece of paper and a pencil, because you're going to want to take notes today. So hi there. Hello. How are you? I'm good. And you? I'm just fine. And what did you do over the weekend? <clears throat> what did I do over the weekend? Do you even Worked remember? outside, cleaned the garage. Oh, you did? Day. Yeah. I thought it looked nice Filled today up. when I came. It always looks nice out there. Yeah, that's no, Kathy. That, Kathy. Yeah, that's Kathy. That's Kathy, his wife. I, I was in the backyard. You were in the back. That I didn't see. Well, it so looked nice. It was, yeah, it was getting, it was cool enough to... To work outside and not sweat yeah, 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 and yeah. not too warm. Yeah. So it's so now, now it's it, getting warm. Yeah, but it's, I was just about to say, which is a crazy thing for me to say, it, because the weather is so mild that it's such a nice time of year, but that wasn't really me talking. That was my coming out in 70 degree weather in February. This is not supposed to be a very nice time of year. It's supposed to be snow. It's not, not right. No, not I'm true. not. It's not right. Come I mean, on. look. If I, Kathy said the same thing, and I said, "Look at the, look at the uh, forecast." I know. They don't have any of these days as record. That means that we had yeah, we that so warm to, years ago too. Yeah, but we have a lot yeah. together. We have like yeah. 60 degrees. 70 I want to have that. I don't oh, want snow. I don't know. I I wouldn't mind a little snow because no, I feel like right I'm in winter. Me. Anyway. Tell me what I can do to make it always nice like this. Move and to Florida. <laughs> no, but then it's hot. I know, then it's hot. Mm. All right. Well, here we go. On with the show. So remember, please participate. We'd love to have you join in any time. There's going to be lots of information, and you're going to want to, you know, you're going to want to do something after the show. So we want to hear. We want you to take results. We want you to do something. Take some action. Okay, so let me introduce you today to my friend, Deb Oral. She is a educator, and that is important. She's a wellness educator, and she is amazing. So, Deb, welcome to our show. Thank you, Marilyn. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for being here. So, first of all, tell everybody what a wellness educator is. So, I worked first my background i worked as a nurse for over 25 years um and really have so much love and respect for our health providers out there that are in the trenches but i discovered through some of my own health challenges that that's really not healthcare. that um our uh, our western medicine is there to treat emergencies, to get us out of problems, but not really dealing with health and coming to the root of the problem. So as I worked through some of my own health challenges, I 
decided that I really wanted to go out there and teach people and support them in a, having a healthy lifestyle. So, um, so that's so, where I am today. So give us an idea when you say some of your health challenges. Like, what were those that began, your, began this journey? And how long have you been on this journey? So I, it's been 28 years. Um, so I got diagnosed 28 years ago with ulcerative colitis. Um, that is one of the many autoimmune issues that you are hearing about these days. Uh, there seems to be an upsurgence, and, and so my, my brain always asks why. Why is there an upsurgence of all of these different um, problems? You're hearing more about arthritis. You're hearing more about digestive issues. Um, you're hear, hearing more about autism and mood challenges and, and all of these different um, struggles that people are having. And so my question is why? Um, what, what has changed in our society and life? Uh, when I first got diagnosed, um, I was just starting to learn about diet and lifestyle changes. Happened to be pregnant at the time and um, questioned the physician that I was working with. This was in California. Um, and questioned the physician that I was working with as to one, whether uh, my diet might have an effect on this. And I was told, oh no. Um, and then I also asked whether there might be hormonal influences since I was pregnant at the time and was obviously going through many hormonal changes. And again, was told, no, that has nothing to do with it. Um, and I was handed a prescription. And so I decided to take a different path. I worked with a acupuncturist and herbalist. Um, she immediately looked at me and through, you know, anything about traditional Chinese medicine, they do a lot of their diagnoses through pulse, through looking at your tongue, um, facial recognition. There are many different aspects of the body that they look at. Um, and she pulled me off of many things. It was not easy. So no dairy, no alcohol, no coffee, no red meat. For me, that was a very big trigger. Um, sugars. Uh, at the time, gluten was not a, a discussion or an issue. But I had to really revamp my diet um, and worked with herbs, natural products to support my health. Um, and here I am over 28 years later and uh, have not been on any medication. For the colitis. For the colitis. And how, how long did it take when you went on that regime for you to get off the meds and feel better? It, it took two years. Mm -hmm. It took a good two years. Uh, and that's one of the things I really want to get across to people because I have spoken to many people who have said, I've tried that. It really doesn't make a difference. Mm -hmm. um, and it took you a long time for your body to get into the state that it's in. So you really have to give it an opportunity to, to heal itself. I am a firm believer that in the majority of cases, if given the right environment, 
that our bodies can really do wondrous things as far as healing. So when you say you're a health educator, I mean, what do you do, let's say, for people? What do you do as your business that, that, health, that educates people about their health? What does that look like? I want to, obviously, we're going to get into more detail, but what do you do for people that's part of your work? So I'm, I'm certified as a uh, health coach. Um, I went through a program, Institute of Integrative Nutrition, um, and they are a coaching program that looks at people's overall health, helps to have them figure out what is holding them back, um, also el- educating them on how to, how to be healthy, because one of the things that we're talking about uh, all the time is what to eat. You have people out there. Uh, you need to be on the keto diet. You need to be on the paleo diet. You need to be vegetarian. You need to be eat all meat. You need to, and you know, yes, what you put in your body is a big factor, but there's so much more to wellness. It is an integrated system. Our bodies are integrated. Our, you know, you can't you can't look at someone who is having digestive issues and just look at what they're eating. Because as we're gonna talk later on today, toxins might be a very big factor. Stress might be a very big factor. Um, There's certainly familial tendencies that are going on. Um, So you have to look at the the overall impact of, of what's going on. Um, so when I, when I work with people, I help to guide them in making choices, helping to support them in making those good choices. I also am a, um, what's known as a wellness advocate for a company known as doTERRA that works with natural uh, supplements and essential oils. Uh, And I teach people how to incorporate natural products to to support them. Um, I'm very well-versed in herbs um, and how those can support our body as well. Okay. Uh, So So it's a good, it's a good, um, it's a good, good bunch of stuff. Overall, yeah, I, I sit with people and find out what, where they are struggling, what mm. is going on with them, because we're very individual, right. which is part of the reason why this whole, you know, diet, paleo, uh, you know, uh, whatever, uh, it's the you diet. That's what we have to figure out. What is going to support you best in your health? That's not the same. So I have, I have a question about that, but before we get on with that, I just want to make a, a comment about what you said early on as far as it taking you two years. So, you know, this, and, and you, Deb, can probably share more light than I can, but as a layman, you know, you, your body goes, has to go through some things. So first you have to go through the process of getting rid of what's already there. Then you have to heal and grow and do all the things that you have to do to be healthy. So that's got to take a while. But when you think of, you know, having colitis and in two years 
you know, not having to be on meds anymore. That's a, a, a fairly small price to pay in a, a short period of time to be able to heal and not be on medication at that point. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Um, and I can tell you story after story of people who uh, really have given a more natural lifestyle and getting in touch with their body and working with alternative health practitioners. Um, right now, you're seeing an upsurgence of um, functional medicine physicians. And, and I love that because when you have somebody that is functional medicine, then you have somebody who's looking at whole systems. Right, absolutely. So tell everyone, just for those of you out there that don't know what a functional, uh, what functional medicine is, why don't you just tell everyone what it is? So, so once again, it's looking at the whole, not just looking at a part. So if I went to a functional medicine physician with my symptoms of colitis, for example, um, they are not just going to do a colonoscopy and say, yes, there's some inflammation and here's some medication and go away. Um, they're going to look at what is causing that inflammation. Where is the imbalance in our body? We are not a one system uh, entity. We, we, we are a highway of absolute wonder. So what is happening in one area of our body is affecting another area of our body. Um, looking at, you know, people talk about hormones and our, our hormones are a multitude of wondrous things that are helping with metabolism, that are helping with mood, that are helping with sleep. It, it's, it's just incredible what's going on in our body. So you can't just pick one piece and say, I'm going to give you a medication for this and not look at what else is going on. Right, and considering the environments that we live in and we are surrounded by, it is, it is a complicated scenario. I mean, you need, you need help and it, is a, and it is a you. So that's why, that brings me to my next question of years ago, I, I took part in reading a book called Eating for Your Blood Type. What's your feeling about that? So I have read that book. Um, it, you know, it is something that um, I've done some experimentation with because I've looked at people who are vegetarians and say they feel very comfortable with it, being a vegetarian. Um, and often they are that AB blood type that is noted in the book. And um, I know myself, I eat mostly plant-based, mostly vegetarian. Um, but I know that when my body says that it needs some meat, I'm going to give it to myself because I am an O blood type and they, they say that that blood type does need some animal product. Um, so again, it's individual and I've known vegetarians who, you know, they're hardcore at vegetarians because of their um, their beliefs and their philosophies. Uh, and, and I have so, so much respect for that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also know vegetarians who have been and had health challenges, and when they have allowed themselves that little bit of animal protein, mm -hmm. they feel better. Mm 
Right, right, right. You know, I know that for myself. I I like vegetables. I like me. I like a balance. But if I can stay off of, you know, breads and things like that. But after a while, I need some bread. Yeah. I, you know, I just, I get, I mean, I've had ulcers in my history. And after a while, I, I need a little bit of, I need some carb. And I need some bread. And then I'm much better. So, so. And I know that we, you know, you touched upon, you know, various illnesses and things that are common. You know, I, I think the, the, another issue that we face a lot of times is what's going on with, you know, women getting pregnant. I think that's another big issue with what's happening with toxins. I mean, there's so many women today that are having problems conceiving. So yeah. if you were going to choose of, of the, you know, this, this, all of these different types of um, situations. I know gut health is, is, is pretty, you know, rampant. Which one would you focus on for us to focus on right now to kind of explore? That one, gut gotcha. health. It is. Without, Why yeah. is that? Um, because it's connected to so many different things. So what, first of all, what you're taking in, what you're ingesting, uh, is going to be absorbed and turned into the nutrients that are going to supply your body. Um, there is also an issue, I'm sure most of the listeners out there have heard of leaky gut. Yeah. Um, if you haven't, basically what that is, is the junctions in the intestinal lining start to get weaker and basically get holy. They, they get little micro tears in them that allow toxins through the digestive system into our bloodstream. Um, there is also a huge connection between the microbiome uh, and, and everything. They're just beginning to understand this microbiome and how powerful these little creatures in our body are. They can literally take over our brains if they need something, if they want something. Mm -hmm. um, so, for example, I think about yeast. I don't know how many listeners heard of Little Shop of Horrors, but if you remember Little Shop of Horrors and Seymour the plant would say, feed me. Um, I, our microbiome and our yeasts are kind of the same. They send that message, they need to be fed, they need sugars or whatever it is, and they, those may not be the best thing for your body. So those imbalances in the gut create a plethora of issues and problems. So let's say you're eating healthy, or you think you are. What does eating healthy look like? What is even thinking you're eating healthy look like? And then what? Uh, so you see, this is one of the one of the big issues. Is a lot of times again we're focused on foods when some of the issues are the chemicals are in that are in our, our environment. Um, and so for me, eating healthy is eating as close to nature as possible. No matter what type of diet you have, vegetarian, eating meat, whatever, but eating 
as close to the way that things were intended to be. Um, I'll, I'll bring up a very controversial subject. Which Ooh, is, I love those. <laughs> dairy is a very controversial Yeah, I was just going to ask you, because I know people eat goat, goat cheese and this. To, yeah, I'd love to know about dairy because I love it. Yes. Um, so the first thing I'm going to tell you is we have destroyed our dairy. We do a couple of things to our dairy that has made it harder to digest. The first is that we pasteurize it. And that is a big controversial topic. Um, people look at me and when I even mention raw dairy and they say, people die. People die from listeria. Um, it's how we're treated. It, that Listeria happened after the industrial age, after we started mass producing our dairy. Before that, you had little farms, little tiny farmers, and they would take good care of their, their cows and they would go and milk them and people drank raw dairy all the time. It was not an issue. Um, so now we have pasteurized and not only pasteurized, but ultra pasteurized. So it stays on the shelf forever. Right. And the second thing that we've done to our dairy is we homogenize it. And, and I ask this all the time. What is the reason for homogenization? Nothing more than making it look pretty so that it doesn't have, as my husband calls it, the chunks. What, is, um, what do you mean? Make, so what do you mean? The, the cream separates. Uh, it. You're making all the molecules of similar size so that the, the uh, cream doesn't float to the top, doesn't separate out. And that process denatures the protein, it changes the protein, so it makes it harder to digest. So what should we be eating in cheese? So I don't, right now I'm not doing dairy because um, I, I find that dairy is one of the things that inflames me. Um, if and when I do a little bit of dairy, I do find raw cheese is fine for okay. me. They have you can purchase raw cheese, okay. um, and um, you can't. It's illegal. It's illegal. It, why is that? I just, I just, <laughs> why is that? And and I didn't. Re I mean, why is that? Again, because of the control, because of apparently this listeria scare. Now there are states. That you can get raw milk. Uh, Pennsylvania is one of them. Our neighbors to the south, uh, South Carolina, you can get raw milk. Um, some places will allow you uh, to say that you're getting pet milk, um, but it's because of fear. But you can, but but you can eat raw cheese. You can but you just can't have raw milk. So the, the raw cheese that you can get, um, uh, the enzymes, a lot of things have to do with enzymes in our body and the enzymes will make that less uh, prone to, to bacteria. So it's the, the preserving so, it in that. Because the other night we were listening, this is how funny it came up. I forgot all about raw milk. I mean, I don't drink milk milk and I, very, I drink oat milk now. 
but I love cheese and I don't give myself cheese too often. And I forgot about raw milk. And the other night, my husband and I were watching a show on Netflix. We were watching uh, Schitt's Creek, huh? which is hysterical. And they had raw milk and they got caught and they had to spill it out. And I'm like, huh? I mean, it's, I didn't even remember it wasn't legal. And then all of a sudden, we started talking about it and it, we re I realized it wasn't legal. We're not allowed to make our own choices anymore. It's just not right. I mean, it's, I mean, anyway, that's an interesting fact. Okay, so we talked about cheese. So what else? Because, you know, I think I'm eating healthy, and I'm sure people do. And then, of course, we know when we're not. But that sometimes doesn't matter because, you know, you think you're eating healthy and then something else gets into your system. So tell me about that. So, you know. And you know what? I don't want to interrupt you. Hold on a second, but I am. Um, yeah. if, I just want to remind everybody, you can call in if you have a question. Obviously, Deb is brilliant at this naturally brilliant and knows has a lot of wealth of knowledge so if you have a question you know call in we'd love to hear your question you can call in 919-518-9773 or skype i hear i see i'm not getting ready skype computers 2k voice and then you can come in our chat and ask questions there go ahead i was i was, <laughs> I was going to mention about milk yeah uh i grew up in israel so. yeah 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 I went high school, I went to an agricultural school. And there were people that who were in charge of the cows. So every morning at 10 o'clock, they would bring one of those big jugs, jugs of milk that was just, it was still, I mean, you touch the outside, it's warm. Mm -hmm. And that's what we will drink and eat. Uh, a sandwich with jam. I remember. I mean, this went so good together. But you could drink three for as much milk as you want. So what? Why are people afraid of it? And you're you're still here to talk to us about it. You survived that I, again. <laughs> and and a lot of his friends did too. I I'm mean, sure. a lot of a lot of people. Right. Again, I think that one of the things that we have to understand has happened to our society is what is known as the industrial revolution. Mm. We have created more conveniences for ourselves. We have mass produced things. And so when milk became basically industrially produced, you have cows that are in these, you know, mm -hmm. teeny tiny containers side by side um, being milked, the bacteria, they aren't being taken care of in the ways that they needed to be taken care of. Um, you ended up with people getting sick because things were not produced properly. They may have not been stored properly. Um, and so when you have people responding in that way, again, the immediate thing is, oh, it's the raw milk. It has nothing to do with how it's produced, how it's taken care of. It's the raw milk. So that's the way that our society reacts to things. What a shame. It was, did you like it? Was it? Oh, it was great. Delicious. It was great. How is it different than milk? It's thick. It's thick. It, it, it has a taste. I mean, it, I, I can't explain it. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, uh, mm -hmm. 
I never drank uh, what they what do, what do they Skin call it? Milk? cream? No. Oh. What do they sell? Something like cream over here. That's that's thicker than milk, but not yogurt. Heavy, yogurt. Oh. A Greek yogurt? No, it's heavy not cream, thick. heavy cream. It's, it's maybe heavy cream. Is uh -huh. heavy cream liquid? Yes. The, the, it may be just a little bit thinner than that. Mm -hmm. It was really thick. I mean, if you left your glass there for about 10 minutes, the top of it will be full of like fatty <laughs> stuff. There was, oh, it was. You delicious. must have had good skin then. No, I bet. I think I still have good skin. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, so how did, okay, there's so much to talk about. Go ahead. It's, it is an, it's an amazing thing. And, and, you know, what people don't realize, again, is all of our modern conveniences um, that, that we have, um, have changed things in, in not necessarily a great way. You know, we have technologies that are wonderful but the technologies that we have are also affecting people because they're on them too much. Mm -hmm. These can be, you know, when you talk about toxins, they talk about environmental toxins, but are, are being on social media, on, on laptops, on right. anything electronic, too much can also be a problem. So it's, it's finding that balance of, uh, too many conveniences. Um, so you sent me something with a to with toothpaste. I didn't get a chance to look okay. at it. So what? Tell me about that. <laughs> yes, toothpaste. So the thing that we're brushing our teeth with um, has so many different chemicals in it that it actually has a warning label on it. This is something that we are brushing our our teeth with and possibly swallowing. Um, one of the things is fluoride. Mm -hmm. uh, and fluoride is another very controversial topic because we've been told that we need fluoride for our teeth. Um, and the reality is, is fluoride is, um, it, it hurts our levels of magnesium. It is also a hormone disruptor. Um, it works, it, it disrupts the thyroid. So I went to an herbal conference um, many years ago and in the room, the educator that was there asked, it was a room full of women, and asked the question, who in this room has or knows somebody that is affected by an imbalanced thyroid. And virtually every single woman in that room raised her hand. Now, again, you have to ask the question, why is that? It's not a natural state that we just have imbalanced thyroids. And again, you have this, this whole interconnected thing um, where you have different different thyroid uh, hormones, you have T3 and you have T4. And T3 is actually uh, made from T4, which is processed from the liver. So if your liver is not functioning well, then you're not producing the right balance of thyroid hormones as well. So, you know, something as simple as toothpaste 
that we think we're doing something good for our teeth, we're, we're putting toxins in so our body. So toothpaste without fluoride, anything else? Yeah. Like what, so any toothpaste without fluoride is okay? Um, I definitely think so. I, uh, the dentist I actually work with has said that she has done uh, some research and xylitol, uh, um, which is a sweetener, but uh -huh. xylitol is actually shown to be very protective to the teeth as well. Um, but mainly the, it's the action of cleaning that is going to protect your teeth and the not eating a lot of sugar. Right, right, right. That's what destroys our teeth. Right. Boys have never had fluoride, the 28 and 24, um, and not a single cavity ever. Well, I want to get to another subject, which somebody is asking about on the, not another subject, in addition to, on the chat, which is one that I am extremely curious about as well, and that is inflammation. So just start sharing. <laughs> that is actually one of the topics I'm talking a lot about this uh, year is inflammation. Um, and again, it's interconnected to, to that gut as well, because um, what ends up happening in our body is that we react in a way that we have all this inflammation throughout us. Um, so there's, there's two types of inflammation. There's acute inflammation which is when you hurt yourself, you get a cut or you stub your toe. Um, and so there's a whole cascade of things going on in your body with prosto prostaglandins um, and um, COX-2 inhibitors. And they, they send all these chemicals to help protect that area, to help it heal. And so you have improved blood flow and you have um, all of the, these white blood cells that are coming, too much, too much science and chemistry you guys don't need to know about. But what happens in our society is because we are constantly being bombarded with small inflammatory things, our stresses, um, the things that we eat, like a lot of sugar and a lot of toxins, our bodies are constantly inflamed. And so now you have this over-inflammatory process going on and your, your body just doesn't know how to calm itself down. And so you, you have inflammation and just about every disease process that you have going on from cancer to diabetes to heart disease is an inflammatory process. It's your body trying to protect itself. So what do we do? Well, there's a lot of different things that we can do. We can increase our knowledge of the toxins that are in our environment that we can avoid. We can't avoid them all. If I walk into a public restroom and they've just cleaned with bleach and they have laid plugins in and all of those things, I can't avoid that. I can't put myself in a bubble. But I can, in my home, not use those chemicals. I can clean with natural cleaning products or DIY cleaning products um, using things like essential oils. 
Um, I, you can read the labels on your body bottles, excuse me, and know what you're putting on your body because the reality is whatever you're putting on your body is going in your body. There's a great uh, resource which is known as the Environmental Working Group. Mm-hmm. And they have a list of toxins which are, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, the worse, um, that you can look at what you're, what you're using and you can say, oh my gosh, this has got this ingredient that has been shown to be carcinogen. I'm not going to buy that. More and more companies out there are hearing it and giving us alternative choices of natural products, things without, parabens is a big one. When you're looking at skincare products, parabens is huge, um, hormone disruptor. Mm. Um, I'm gonna take a minute to explain hormone disruption so that people know what's going on. So a lot of these chemicals have a similar structure in the body to a hormone that is naturally occurring. So where parabens are going, it looks like estrogen. And so when they are in our body floating around, there is actually a lock and key method with the estrogen receptor. So now you have this unnatural estrogen that attaches to the estrogen receptor. And then you have the estrogen that is naturally occurring in your body and it has nowhere to go because its receptor site has already been taken by this chemical that shouldn't be there. And so now it's floating around in your system and you end up with estrogen dominance. And that happens with many, many of the other chemicals too. Your, your body doesn't know what to, it doesn't know how to produce them, how to, how to get rid of them. So, so those chemicals cause a lot of issues and inflammation and all of that stuff is related to those chemicals. Yes, that it's related to chemicals. It's related to some of the things we're eating. Sugar is a big one. Sugar is so inflammatory, um, and it's it's in everything. I mean, right. oh, it's, it's ketchup, and it's in ketchup. It's in. It's I in went to uh, no, you know, low sugar or very little sugar. I went. I was on the road. I stopped at a grocery store, Wegmans, to get um, to get something to eat, and I was looking around to try to get something to eat that didn't have sugar. So I went over to the, and I like shrimp. I went over and I thought, oh, I'll buy myself some fresh shrimp. Well, when I read the label on the shrimp, it had sugar in it. I had no idea shrimp had sugar. I was blown away. Huh? The shrimp doesn't have sugar. They They added sugar. I had no idea. It's I mean, it's really interesting, all the things you find. Now, Melissa on our chat is asking a question, which I think Melissa was just reading my mind, because she was asking... What are your thoughts about using the sauna for inflammation? And yesterday, I have inflammation, and I'm usually pretty good, but I have a, I'm having an issue with, with a knuckle, which if you're going to have an issue, I mean, that's a small spot. And I went into the hot tub yesterday, and my finger didn't hurt. And so her asking about the sauna and my hot tub experience, I'm very curious. 
So heat certainly is going to soothe your inflammation. But I think what Melissa is asking about is there's been a lot of discussion um, on the infrared saunas. Okay. Which have a, the ability to really help us pull out toxins. So one of the ways that I um, got into the whole learning about toxins, I read a book years ago called Slow Death by Rubber Ducky. Um, and, and they were talking about how we've been plasticized and all the plastics that we have and, and all the toxins that are leaching from that. And they did a follow-up book. I can't, can't remember the author's names right now, but they did a follow-up book called Toxin In, Toxin Out, looking at what really is helpful in detoxifying the body. We hear a lot about detoxes. And so they wanted to see what really is uh, going to help us to detoxify our body. Because, again, I said, we, there's no way to avoid them, them all. Um, and infrared sauna was a, one of the ones that they really felt was very beneficial in helping to pull the toxins out of our system. Um, we are made to perspire. There are... Eight systems in our body that are designed to help us detoxify the liver, the kidneys, the lungs, the lymph, the blood. And the lymph system is attached to that ability to, to sweat, to have a good, right. good sweat. They, we've been doing it for thousands of years. They had sweat lodges. They've had all kinds of mannerisms of getting us to sweat and here what we do is we put antiperspirants on because oh heaven forbid we have a wet spot under our armpits um, and we're afraid to, to sweat right. and I think that the infrared sauna long story short is an amazing way to help to detoxify the body to help pull off some of those toxins. Um, I do dry, I do sauna a lot and I do dry brushing um, with essential oils to help move and circulate the toxins and then go sit in the sauna. Dry br brushing is another method of really helping to pull the toxins to the surface and then uh, sweat them out. Where do you go for an um, infrared sauna? So I actually have a uh, small tent infrared okay. sauna at home. Okay. Um, there are a lot of massage therapists. Um, there is one of the things that I love to do. I haven't done it in a couple of months, but um, in Carborough, and I think they're building one in Raleigh now, there is what is known as a float pool. Uh-huh. Where you are, it's, it's a deprivation tank. Uh, it's another wonderful way of helping your body to release tension. And she has an infrared sauna there that you use after um, the float. Um, so there's, there, are, there are all around, I've seen uh, different places will sell you packages. So let me ask you something. So when you talk about things like this and going to, to the float, and, I mean, are these things, how often do you have to do the stuff like how often would you go into an info i mean if is once a good i mean something is better than nothing maybe but 
How, what's the regime like? So I think it depends on, again, yourself and, and bioindividuality. If you are someone who is working through something, um, and, you know, again, working with a functional practitioner, they can test for things like heavy metals, and mm -hmm. that's another whole toxin story there. Yeah, really. Um, heavy metals or, you know, different things that you're trying to pull out of your body, then you may want to increase that. Um, I just am at the, in the last 10 days of a 30 day detox that I'm doing. Um, so I've been going into my infrared sauna when I'm home pretty much daily. Mm -hmm. Um, but when I'm not doing a detox, I maybe will go in twice a week, three times a week. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, I don't think there's a right or a wrong mm -hmm. answer. As long as you're hydrating well, there's nothing wrong with, with sweating. Right. So if it feels good to do it daily, um, right. that's, that's great. Um, the, the, when I was doing the float, I was doing the float once a month. Um, what do you know about an oxygen oxygen chamber? Do you know anything about those? I have heard of them. I don't know much about them. Uh, it's supposed to basically flood the cells with oxygen and, and help with uh, the detox. I've heard of those. I've heard of um, cryotherapy where you're basically dipped in very, very cold, which those things are supposed to, they go into the topic of biohacking, mm -hmm. um, where you are almost stressing yourselves to the point where um, you have something that's known as autophagy, where you are, your body is getting rid of damaged cells quicker. It's also the theory between intermittent fasting. Right, 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 right. So, um, not something I'm too familiar with. I, I'm, I'm aware of it. Mm -hmm. Well, I think you're going to have to have a show of your own. Because <laughs> you have a lot of information and there are a lot of people with, with questions. Um, Sandy, I, I, you have a question. I don't know if you have a question on here or just a comment, but let's see. Oh, how? Oh, here she is. How hot does the infrared sauna need to be? Do you have any idea? So, again, it depends. The, you, can, you can adjust the temperature. Um, most people will start at 135 to 140. Um, I can tolerate 150, and that's what uh, I like it at. Um, but usually 135, 140 is where people start. So I have to just ask you, cage-free eggs. You know, it's so interesting to me because I'm shopping, I shop around for cage-free eggs, you know. Um, how, how, what else should I, I mean, because I we eat a lot of eggs and eggs can get expensive. And I, you know, I, what's the bet? I mean, what do you do? Um, you know, again, everybody, everybody's different. I definitely try to get my eggs at the farmer's market as much as possible from somebody that I know. Yeah, we used to do that too. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and um, then if not, then I do get cage free, make sure I read or, you know, pasture raised is what you want. Um, free range and cage free, 
again, one of the things that we have to be aware of, even when we're looking at the topic of toxins, is verbiage. Um, we jump on the bandwagon, and I, uh, you know, I'll use gluten-free as one of my topics that is a thorn under my side. Um, everybody is all in this gluten-free craze, mm -hmm. and they're eating gluten-free. But when you look at the ingredients, it's tapioca starch and potato starch and rice starch and all these other things that are not whole foods. They're very processed. They've often got a lot of sugar in them, um, but it's gluten-free, so it must be healthy. Uh, so, you know, looking at it again in its most natural, and chickens are meant to be outside eating bugs, eating freely, um, and not just the, the cage-free ones sometimes will, they will have access to the outside. Yeah. Still in these little cages. And eggs are another controversial subject. I just had somebody tell me they're they're listening to somebody who is saying eggs are you know really detrimental to our health. I think they're a really great source of protein. Personally, yeah, yeah um, you have to get the right ones. Right, and that's exactly. and you know it's you go to the grocery store and you see these really cheap eggs, and I'm like the shelf is empty. Yeah, and I'm like no, so cage free is. You have pasture-raised. You want to know pasture-raised. You want them to be running around free. Pasture-raised pasture okay. is what, what you want. That's that's the, the term that I look for. You know, it's a really funny little quick story. When we were in Italy, um, we were at a little bread and breakfast, and they served their eggs for breakfast. And my husband said, I, I don't want to eat those because they have cheese in them. And the woman said, they don't have cheese in them. They were that bright orange. Right. Because of what they eat. Right. So here's the thing about your animals, if you're going to eat animals. Mm -hmm. Whatever your animals are eating, you are too. Right. So if your cows are eating grain and all kinds of stuff that is really not digestible and inflammatory, so are you. Well, that's and it's an interesting thing that you bring up about the gluten-free stuff because I am gluten-free and um, I don't eat much too many breads and crackers and I don't eat pasta very often but you know I am gluten-free and I eat mostly you know fruits vegetables meat you know stuff that doesn't have gluten in any way Exactly. But, you know, sometimes you want to cheat a little. And I don't cheat eating gluten. I cheat eating, not, you know, gluten-free, which, of course, you're saying now you're right. The almond, you know, almond flour, rice flour, potato starch, all those things are not always the best for you. I will give a shout-out to a North Carolina company. I, I don't remember where. I think they're out of Kinston. Um, there is a uh, bread that I've seen at Whole Foods and at Earth Fair. I just sadly heard Earth Fair is closing. Oh, um, but, uh, and it's called Simple Needs, K-N-E-A-D-S. And it is whole seeds. It is very clean. And that is the thing that I have been indulging in when I want something like a sandwich or whatever. But again, we've gotten to this 
point where it's inconvenient to cook. We don't want to chop vegetables. We want to open up something, mm -hmm. dump it in, and be ready to go. And and we are we are busy. We you know we are women and men with careers. We are busy. Um, I, I can tell you that when you're talking about meals, meal planning goes. That's my well. new thing. I mean, I can do a show on that. That's my new thing. Sunday, Sundays, meal planning. Yeah. It is. It makes a huge difference. Oh, my God. So it, it can take us. Forget the shopping because you're going to shop whether you meal plan or you don't, usually. I like to shop all at one time. If I go too many times, that's too many hours. We, it takes us probably two and a half hours on a Sunday between my husband and I working together to cook, to make, you know, eggs and, you know, whatever, a fish, whatever we're going to cook, right? Where it would take, and we have food for the whole week. We figure out how many meals and all of this. We're saving money, number one. And time. We don't come home and spend an hour at night cooking. Every night it would be an hour to cook. Here we're spending two and a half hours for the week. Go do the math. It it it, yeah. it almost doesn't even c compute. You know, and this is, I'm talking about <laughs> toxins, and our stress is a big toxin in our life, and so you're decreasing the stress in your life yeah. immensely because you don't have to think about it, you don't have to stress about it. It's it's clean. You don't have to oh. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I don't have time, so I'm going to run to whatever, buy shrimp that has got shrimp. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so, it's, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and our stress is, is one of the biggest toxins that we can have. Absolutely. I, I don't, you know, if I'm going to go out to eat, you know, lunch meeting, whatever, I'm doing that. But otherwise, I, if I'm out for the day like I am today, I have my breakfast in the car. I have my lunch in the car, and because I'm going to go work out, I have my dinner too, and I and it's stressless, and I have my food. Yeah. I don't have to feel hungry. I can feel I can be treating myself lovely, and it didn't take me any time to do it. And I did it this morning, and I and I've been busy all day. Right. I mean, I didn't have the time today, this morning when I left, to make three meals. But I can go. I can go work out tonight, and not have to think about eating. And you know what you're putting in your body is good. Yeah, and I know what I'm eating. Yeah, and I and it's fabulous. So anyway, hold on just a second. You have my. Uh, okay, don't go away. Nobody. Okay, so here are my books. I'm so happy. My my other babies in just one afternoon, listening to the hearts of men. Beautiful stories told by men, um, shared. You know their intimacy. Then twins, oh my God, twins are amazing. They have so much to teach and they're, the, the stories you hear that you are amazed by, they're right here in that book. Just incredible stories and about nature. Uh, millennials are amazing. They have lots to teach us and we have a lot to teach together and they are lovely and creative and very soon. The book on opioid addiction, it's done. It's being uh, just this week sent out letters to agents because I am in the market for an agent. So if anybody knows anybody, I can use an agent. And I'm using the opioid book as my uh, proposal. 
And then next is uh, in just one afternoon, listening to the hearts of black fathers. So if you know of a, of a black daddy that's 17, 18, 19 year old, please let me know. Um, that is what I need for the next one. Uh, Debbie, so tell everybody where they can find you, how they find you and that stuff. My website is Deborah, my name, dot com. Make it easy for people to find me. Um, and I would love to sit sit down, have a consultation, talk to you about what it is you are struggling with, um, and go over ways that we can change that. And if you're still, if you're feeling amazing and you're not struggling with, I can give you tips on things to help you keep feeling amazing. That's a big deal too. I mean, that's, a, that's very important is to yeah. keep having more of a good thing. So, yeah. you know, so I learned a lot today. Uh, some of the things that I might have thought or know, knew, but now I know better and knew more. So, you know, for one that, you know, for me, inflammation is something I've had my whole life and I am really going to be watching the other things that I don't just put in my mouth, but I, that I put on my body, that I put in my house, that I smell, that I touch. That is, I never realized how important that was till today. And I have had inflammation since I was 10 months old. So that is something that um, I really am gonna deal with. And I hope you all come away with something today that you know you're gonna make a change in your life in how you look at something you know, something that you maybe thought of before and want to do something different. So in, in words of wisdom from you, and another, just one more minute of some kind of words of wisdom, what would you say, Deb? So I think that my most important message is to everybody is to be aware of what you put in, on, and around your body. Um, that is that is the most important thing. Learn, learn about that. And that you want to live vibrantly. It's not about how long you live. It's about how well you live while you're, while you're alive. Absolutely. And these are very important because we are here. And it's one thing to, you know, to, to live every day as best you can. But when you live under the, the auspice of not feeling well, that's, a, that's not a good thing. So reach out to Deb. If I can answer any questions for you, please reach out to me. Go watch our video replay on YouTube and also sign up for our podcast. We'd love to have you listen to us in the car as well because things like this you have to listen to more than once. You have to watch it more than once. So please do that. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram, Marilyn Listens, on Twitter. Love to see you there. So uh, And reach out to Deb. If you have any questions, reach out. I'm... I'm here and available, and I would love to answer them. Perfect. Everyone have a wonderful day. Bye. Bye. Have a great day.